Today's episode of The Movies That Made Her But Not Me is sponsored by FilmCred. Providing new film critics and writers in-depth feedback on their writing, FilmCred is made up of a community of collaborators dedicated to publishing insightful reviews, interviews, video essays, and coverage of film festivals. Visit film-cred.com to learn more. I'm Minna Stein. And I'm Lauren Lloyd. And you're listening to The Movies That Made Her But Not Me, the podcast where we discuss classic films from different generational perspectives. The classic film we're discussing today is the 2004 film Ella Enchanted. All right. What shall we give this beautiful little child today? What's her name again? Ella. Ah, Ella of Frills. Not a very well-behaved little stinker, is she? Quiet, please. I can't concentrate here. Ella Frell, I give you the gift of obedience. Okay, so let's set the scene. The movie is Ella Enchanted. It's based on a book with the same name. Ella Enchanted is a fairy tale not dissimilar from Disney's Cinderella. Ella loses her mother at a young age. Her father remarries an evil stepmother with two evil stepsisters, and it ends with Ella at the ball finding her prince. The twist in Ella Enchanted is that Ella has been gifted the curse of obedience from her fairy godmother at birth. Ella must do as she is told, which makes her journey to find her godmother and get the spell reversed difficult. Along the way, she meets a talking book, an elf, an ogre, a giant, and of course, a Prince Charming, and an evil, power-hungry uncle to the prince who is trying to take over the throne. The film incorporates modern songs like Queen's Somebody to Love and Elton John's Don't Go Breaking My Heart into an otherwise fantastical and medieval fairy tale. It received mixed reviews upon release, and it grossed $27.4 million worldwide with a budget of $31 million. It only made $6 million on its opening weekend. The year is 2004, as no one went to see Ella Enchanted in a theater, Napoleon Dynamite was playing in a theater nearby that very same year. The final episodes of Frasier and Friends played on NBC. Hurricane Charlie hits Florida, killing 27 people. The Red Sox win the World Series for the first time since 1918. And Ken Jennings loses to Nancy Zerg, ending his 74-game winning streak on Jeopardy. Minna is four years old. And although she didn't see Ella Enchanted this year, in a few short years, it will become one of her favorite movies of all time. So Minna, tell us the first time, uh, how you felt when the first time you saw Ella Enchanted. I don't remember the first time I saw Ella Enchanted, but I do remember (laughs) all 700 and sometimes that I saw Ella Enchanted (gasps) after the first time. Oh my God. I was obsessed with this movie. I saw it for the first time on TV, um, and then I recorded it, mm-hmm. and I had it saved on our DVR, <laughs> and I watched it all the time, and I thought it was amazing and fantastic, and I loved Ellen, Ella, Anne, who's played by Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. thought she was amazing in it. I, I loved agree. the music. 
I thought that it was like the sexiest movie that I had ever seen because I thought that Ella and Prince Charmant had a very great chemistry. Um, I got scared at all the same moments. Every time that I saw it, I was like, oh, is Ella really going to kill the prince? Because somebody told her that she has to. Like, I'd seen it a million times, but I still... It still worked. It was stressful every time. I wasn't sure. So with all that being said, I will not be taking any criticism from this film. (laughs) Um, Really? And it's fabulous. Um, And no, I I definitely (laughs) think it's it's flawed and it's very uh, problematic. I think that it was trying to do a lot of things unsuccessfully but i do think that it was trying to be different than princess movies that had come before it um, and with that think, with the idea that that curse was put on that's how it made it different or well, what was the it curse different? on her and and also i think that there were some uh political messages some like civil rights type yes. things going on in the movie. for the giants and the think, ogres and the right i don't think any of it worked i thought um, it was all a colossal failure but i do think that at least the film was trying to do something to do something a little deeper you mean yes trying to do something a little deeper trying to have a movie with a female lead that actually had a message Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i appreciated those things about it although i did not think that it did them very well okay glenn can i ask some questions here (laughs) please do what what was the message um okay i think it had two messages Mm -hmm. one that it was trying to tell audiences and one that it wasn't trying to tell audiences but did anyways Mm -hmm. um i think that what it was trying to tell audiences was that ella was a was the face of the social justice movement in the town that she lived in and that fleer or flee flee yeah something like that she she um she lived in this kingdom and she uh was uh, fighting for social justice she was fighting for civil rights and that made her amazing and you know one woman if she falls in love with the right person can change the laws in a kingdom that's kind of like the messaging that they, they were trying to deliver um don't think that landed. Mm-hmm. I think instead the message that they weren't trying to send, which I got very clearly mm-hmm. when I was younger, was like, you you can't fix the way that you are by trying to find someone to fix it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to fix it yourself. So I think Ella, you know, she has to be obedient. When somebody tells her to do something, she must do it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's hold your tongue. She puts her tongue in between her fingers. Yeah, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Like... And, and at the end, spoilers, what we find out is that Fairy Godmother won't fix it for her. Mm-hmm. Ella, Vivica Fox. Right. <laughs> Ella has to say, I will no longer be obedient. Mm-hmm. She has to find it within herself to make that change. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very good message that came loud and clear. But I think that that message got lost in the nonsense of like the politics of the kingdom and like all of the weirdness that was going on with that. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the movie didn't focus enough on one thing for any of the messages to get across. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about the civil rights stuff going on in the, the movie if you want, or if you want to. I thought that was a little first. bit like blah, blah, blah. The, yeah. the, that po- po- political stuff. We, and see, like, we see Ella doing a politics debate in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Which I thought kind of gave her, I wrote in my notes, Ella has I'm not like other girls syndrome. Well, that's what the princess, to, right. princess says to her. You're not like the other girls. 
you know, the man boy, you know, the boy. <laughs> I know it's very silly. I felt like that fell into old tropes. Like she's the only person who doesn't care about the prince. Therefore, she's the only one the prince wanted. Yeah. Um, wasn't cool about that. I also felt like what was going on with like the, I don't know if it was a commentary on like Pakistani people moving into England. <laughs> Because there was one Pakistani girl in the whole town. Yeah, her friend. And no one wanted to talk to her except Ella. And so then instead of the movie being like, we're going to actually do something about this and give this Pakistani girl like a role, instead of giving her actual lines of dialogue, instead they were like, wow, isn't Ella such a good person? She solved racism all by herself in this town. Isn't she so special? And I was like, that girl doesn't have like more than three lines in the whole movie. And like, it did, this is not progressive. Well, I didn't think the movie was progressive at all. That's why I was so surprised when you loved this movie so much. But then you said the first time you saw it, you were like six. Yeah, I was a little a little kid. So that I understand now. Um, the other thing that was going on was that there's only one black person in the movie, and she is a total idiot. Vivica Fox, the yes. one who's yeah, yeah, she's the one who does the evil obedience. Right, and she's yeah. like an alcoholic. She's bad at her job. She's so dumb, and I was like, this is the only black person in this whole movie. Yeah, is an idiot. Yeah, but here's the thing that I was like, really, is that um, she has to not kill the prince, right? So it's kind of um. She doesn't really, uh, she doesn't really, she, I guess she kind of affects the outcome, but she has to like save the prince so he can save the world. Right. Yeah, so I was like, what's this shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you know what I thought? I went further. And I thought, because it just struck me, like I, I, I know I just mentioned this to you, that I was literally, you know, my group, we were making the movies that you were seeing that was making you who you were. And I thought, oh, we should have done a better job. You know, we should have done it. I know that you love this movie, but I just thought, you know, it's just so obvious. Everything, the theme was so obvious. It was just so, like, on the nose, and and the woman doesn't save the day at the end. But I thought that the people who made this movie really thought that they were doing something. I agree. Like, I don't think that they were like, yeah, we'll just throw it together. No, no, no. They thought it's deep. Yeah, Yeah, they thought they were like, oh, this is the social justice tale for centuries. But what I appreciated about this movie was, you know, as girls, when for me and I imagine same for you, is that we're taught to be good, be a good girl. Mm -hmm. You don't complain. You take care of everybody. You take care of everybody before you take care of yourself. So we're taught to really be non-entities, you know, just in service of other people. And so I thought that was good that she had that spell to be obedient because it physicalized it and it was super cool when you have like something inside your body that you can't control that's that's a nice kind of gimmick so to speak yeah um and i like that um that's the part of the movie that i thought worked it was super fun just focused the whole story on that yeah Yeah. on just her having to be obedient yeah yeah yeah. that has made because that's big Mm -hmm. right um and there's like really no description of like how that has impacted her life. No. They're just like, yeah, she's obedient, whatever. Right, 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 right. It's kind of annoying because she's got to jump around when the uncle says hop to. Yeah. But, like, you know, emotionally it's had zero impact on her life. Yeah. But I can see at your age watching that because it's kind of clever. I mean, it's very clever. Yeah. The carriage, the taxi, the, you know, the with the little horse carriage. I thought that was super yeah. cute. And um, the escalator stairs, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that was super cute. And the glass slippers, I thought that was a nice nod. And there are glass sneakers also on that shelf, which I thought was super cute. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, but I had, I was like, uh, first of all, I love um, Anne Hathaway. I think she's lovely. Me too. She's so awesome. She, why? Why is she so awesome? She is. She's, and she's always a princess. Fresh air in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think that, what I think really worked about this movie was, I think everybody who was in it really believed in what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I think going back to the thought that, like, the people who made this movie really thought that they were doing something when in reality they were not doing anything. But, like, I think the people who were in it really believed in it. Yeah, and yeah, were yeah. like, this movie is everything. And, like, I know Anne Hathaway from reading about the movie. I know she was very involved in the production of this movie and, like, saying what worked and what didn't work. And this movie's based off of a book by the same name. And That was popular, right? The book was Yeah, the book super... was very popular. Okay. And so I know that, like, they, you know, drew from the book but also tried to make it fun. And um, we can talk about the music in the movie, but I know that they had more um, fairy tale type songs in the movie and mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway was doing all the singing and she was like this really is just not working doing these classical more Disney type fairy mm -hmm. tale songs mm -hmm. in the movie mm -hmm. she's like this isn't really working with for me like it's not as fun as the rest of the movie it's not really matching with my character mm -hmm. so then they decided to pivot to modern songs that's where good she sings somebody to love which is awesome if yeah. anything is working in this movie the music is working yeah two big dance numbers is that right or i'm sure there's yeah, more there's two it's somebody to love and, and then at the at end the very end they sing um don't go breaking my heart yeah okay which is is excellent such is the story of ella of frell a spunky young woman once under a spell if there's one thing to learn it's you just can't go wrong if you follow your heart and end with the song Immediately when I was watching this movie, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Cinderella that just came out with Camila Cabello, mm -hmm. I feel like it drew very strongly from this Ella Enchanted. Really? Did you see it? <laughs> yes, I did. All right, it you was admitted it. Awful. And what was? It was so bad. What made me think of the Camila Cabello Cinderella was that that movie also used modern songs as the songs in the movie, mm -hmm. right? They didn't write, um, there may have been one original song for the movie, but other than that, they used pop songs mm -hmm, in the movie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ella Enchanted did the same thing, which made me think of Ella Enchanted when I watched Cinderella and vice versa. Mm -hmm. What I think worked so well in Ella Enchanted in terms of the songs was that they picked songs that matched what was going on in the movie, and they also paid homage to the song while also making it true to what was going on in the scene. Got it, yep. So when they sing Somebody to Love, it's... You know, there's like a little disco, like it's a little bit queen, but you see that the characters in the movie are enjoying what they're seeing.
And so it just seemed way more fun and way more playful, and it seemed to fit way better than mm -hmm. when they tried to do that same thing again in the Cinderella movie that came out last year. It didn't. I mean, they were trying way too hard with the dancing, and I mean, like the dance seemed like it fit a fairy tale in Ellen Enchanted, whereas in Cinderella, it just seemed like they were trying way too hard. It felt like I, a Vegas show or something. Exactly, and I just felt like the playfulness and the effortlessness of the music in Ella Enchanted. Okay, I mean mm -hmm. that really clicked for me. I was enjoying it. Like, mm -hmm. I would much rather listen to Anne Hathaway and Prince Charmant sing "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" than <laughs> right, than Elton cool. and, and um, Kiki. <laughs> wow! So the music to me really, really worked. Um, yeah, back to the uh, the the trick of um, you know you having something in your body that you have to do. I, I appreciated that freeze that she jumped over the barrels. You know, yeah. that was a that was a great moment. It must have been dazzling for you as a kid to see that. You know, like wow. Um, I thought that was that was pretty great. One thing, so you know, to go, going back to Anne Hathaway, who I think is a great, great actress. Um, you know, I felt like in this movie she was re reduced to like eye rolling. Like basically, that was her acting was she was rolling her eyes, and I thought, oh no, don't be rolling your eyes. You know, that's so. I was a little bit it, like it was only at the po political stuff. Like she was rolling her eyes, like oh, the king, he is not going to do anything about this. It's right. up to me. And did she save the day? Did you believe it? You know, as a kid, I'm not really sure. I don't think I cared because, again, I don't think that the political storyline hit. So, to but me, the win was that she broke the spell. So, yeah, she does save the day. She breaks her own spell. But as far as, like, the kingdom goes, that was yeah. like, totally lost on me as a kid. But you loved the, you liked the love story. I loved the love story. Yeah. It didn't awesome. seem, like, too much on the nose. To me, everything seemed a little corny and on the nose. Yeah, but, but I think when you're making a kid's movie and you're like having fun with it you know okay uh -huh. and this is something we can talk about all right i thought that this movie was like what if we just did princess bride but we made it even more for kids huh well because it feels a little bit like shrek cinderella and princess bride to me i feel like yeah, we've seen all those before all of it. yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, i think what what really drove it home for me was the, the casting of carrie ellis uh -huh. as the evil Uncle, the evil uncle, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. who just wants to be the king. That's all he wants. So that to me, I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here. You like cast the same guy from Princess Bride. You mm -hmm. made it like you see the storybook opening in the beginning. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you have the narrator telling you this is a story of a girl. There is a moral here. There is a lesson you will be learning. Okay. I just thought that it very much ha it had the journey. It had like the others mm -hmm. in it, the elf, the ogres. It had silly bits and stuff. Really, I was Interesting. like, oh, I see what we're doing here. Yeah. We're just like ripping off Princess Bride. A little bit. It's yeah. book. It's a love story, you know, it's like a meet cute, you mm -hmm. know, and they bump into each other and they don't like each other, then they do like each other, and then she kisses him. And so that is what you responded to was the love story. Yeah. Yes. Did you also see, even though it was very much like, you know, beating a dead horse, which I like, um, <laughs> that they were like, oh, you have to look to yourself, Ella, and see what's inside. You're stronger than any spell. Did you feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be a good girl, but I'm not going to be a good girl. I'm going to be. So that spoke to you too. That's, that I think, that I thought worked. 
Because that, that was super really successful. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the part that hit to me, but I also felt like that wasn't what they were trying to do. I mean, it was part of it because that's what the book was about. But I think that they were like, we're going to make this anti-capitalist <laughs> movie where Ella is the savior of everyone and she'll be friends with the Pakistani girl, even though everyone hates her because she's <laughs> from a different place than them. Uh-huh. It, it just, that part to me, I was like... Oh, this is real. It was cringeworthy. The civil rights debate that they have about yeah, the kingdom at yeah, college. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was so terrible. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the filmmakers yeah. doing that. I mean, they really uh, threw a wide net trying to hit many, many, many points. Yeah, I mean, just like talking about like some of the more corny stuff um i yeah, i thought that corny. the accents were all over the place yeah there was no consistency it was like either you were from america and you had an american <laughs> accent or you were american but you were trying to be fancy and so you had a british accent yeah and i was like where are they <laughs> right. well mini driver's english right so she's but she's not doing a british accent was she no, doing a british no, accent no no, 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 no she no. was doing american exactly so yeah. was carrie ellis he's also british yes. right and mm-hmm. he's doing an american accent I will say, though, Lucy Punch, mm-hmm. who was playing Hattie, mm-hmm. all-star performance. Yeah, she's the one that was the more aggressive of the two as far as... The sisters, yes. the stepsisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was incredible. Yeah. I yeah. loved her. And she was in another Cinderella movie playing the same stepsister. Really? And I was like... She's being typecast. Yeah. What a weird way to be typecast. She's so good at it. Yeah. She was so good, and, you know, I was rooting for her a little bit. Were you? I was like, you know, if Hattie marries the prince and she becomes the queen, I'm not upset about that. Ella. Oh, don't bother with her. Ooh. I'm the one you want. <laughs> I know everything about you. I've got posters of you and pictures. And when we used to live in Lemire, I used to stand outside your castle and watch you turn your lights on and off. <sighs> Tell Ella I'll be in touch. Right, I'll see to that. Obviously, I loved the love story because yeah. I thought it was super awesome and cool. Yeah. Which, as an adult watching it, I'm like, this love story is straight up trash. Right. <laughs> But you still loved it. Yeah, of course. And so why were you so obsessed? Well, what made you obsessed over it? I think that I just, I really, again, I loved the love story. I loved how suspenseful and intense it could be at moments. They go into the Hall of Mirrors. Sure. It's, It's nearing midnight. He's like hugging her because she's upset and you see her in the mirrors pulling the dagger up. She's going to stab him. And she's yeah. Like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do this, but I have to because the evil uncle commanded me to and I have to obey. And then that scene where she's like yelling at herself, you will not be obedient mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she falls down and mm-hmm. she's like, the spell, it's broken. I did it all on my own. But then she gets arrested and you're like, what's going to happen? Wow. Right. Ella Frell, will you marry me? No, 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 you will take this dagger and plunge it through his heart and kill him. What's 
inside you is stronger than any spell. You'll no longer be obedient! You will no longer be obedient! And so when you saw it as an older, as a grown-up person, mm -hmm. um, the theme still hit you at all? Was a, it had the same kind of impact? The nostalgia was there for me. Then I was like, oh, I remember thinking he was cute. Yeah. I remember when I didn't know that that was Heidi Klum and life was bliss. <laughs> How great is that? I was like, what? Is she a giant? Is that a giant Heidi Klum? Yeah, that was pretty mind-blowing. That was crazy. I was like, oh, man. All right. Heidi Klum's in this movie, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting um, people drawn together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly the people who are in this movie really believed in it. I, I'm, I'm just, like, thinking, I think the nostalgia was still there for me. Mm -hmm. All those things said. I'm like, oh, I remember thinking that this was beautiful. I remember thinking Anne Hathaway was so cool in this movie, and I wanted to be just like her and mm -hmm. look just like her because her hair was so long and pretty and she was wearing like this really cool outfit and mm -hmm. you know she was just so cool in this movie and I, I wanted to be like her and I remember all of that yeah the nostalgia coming back to me but then also I was like laughing like oh this is ridiculous yeah there's a lot going on here guys and yeah, like yeah, none yeah. of it almost <laughs> none of it is working Ah, uh, yeah in a way you're right but in a because I I found it a, a little a little too on the nose all right um, a little bit like, well, we're going to sing and dance this thing. You know, I appreciated that. They all knew the moves. Um, but I, I, I found it a little bit like, boring. Because I'm just like, we've seen this story a million times. I'm sorry. I okay. am. I'm sorry. Um, but I love Anne Hathaway. She stayed in my house when she did uh, Get Smart. Mm -hmm. Remember she did that? She's super. Um, and I love that she's always a princess. And I, and I did like the, you know, the holding the tongue, the freezing over the barrel, and I like the, you know, the escalator stairs and all that, but a little B-O-R-I-N-G. <laughs> oh, minute, don't cry. <laughs> I did think that some things were, like, not explained all the way, like, the, the Red Army? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's that boyfriend doing in a box? What's that? What is that? Oh, oh, Minnie Driver's boyfriend who's stuck in the book? Yeah, well, the because book. Minnie Driver is bad at Yeah, which is magic, funny. Which is very... Oh, she's so charming. But yeah, so she's terrible at magic. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to help her boyfriend with something. Mm -hmm. She turned him into a book. And she accidentally turned him into a magic book. I think this speaks to like how at the time they thought what they were doing was really progressive. Yeah. The actor who played the boyfriend who was trapped in the book yeah. is an Indian actor. Mm -hmm. And he thought being cast in this movie was so cool because mm -hmm. he was like, the Indian actors are usually typecast in certain roles. It's not every day that I get to play a magical talking book. Yeah, That's awesome. Like, yeah, what yeah, a yeah. new and different role for me. So I think that just really speaks to, I don't know if this movie is just a product of its time. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, because I thought everybody who was in it was so passionate about it, and they really thought that they were doing something progressive and new, I just felt like, wow, we've come a long way since 2004. Interesting. So when you watched it the first time, you had one feeling about it, but now you had more appreciation for it because you believe that the people behind it, the filmmakers, uh, really believe what they're doing, which mm -hmm. I think is evident also, and the cast was super interesting. So you thought they were breaking boundaries in many ways in 2004. Yeah, I think they probably were. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. But now it's like regressive. Exactly. <laughs> but at the time, it was something new that I wanted 
had ever seen before in the like fairy tale children's movie space. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say like on all counts across all boards, this is a progressive film, mm-hmm. but I think like compared to Disney princess movies and other things that were coming out, um, no one had ever seen anything like this. Yeah. I will say something that really stuck out to me, which I can, this is the main thing that I thought about when I was watching this movie that I had, had never come across my mind before. Mm-hmm. in. The elf, oh, who yeah. is Anne Hathaway's friend, um, who wants to be a lawyer. Companion, who yeah. wants to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I was watching this movie and I was like, "Hmm, this feels anti-Semitic. <laughs> this elf character—it just something about it is not rubbing me the right way." I think that's a nod toward what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I was just like, Ugh. I looked at the actor. He's not Jewish. He's an Irish actor. Um, but I was just like, his name is Slannon. He wants to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody else who's an elf is in entertainment uh. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't want to do that he wants to do something else that only Jews do mm-hmm. like uh, it felt like a little distasteful oh he was also extremely anxious I wrote in my notes while I was watching the movie Elvin Woody Allen under my slamming category he was like anxious he was like we can't do that this bunny is going to attack me he was like freaking out the whole movie uh-huh constantly worried and in an anxious state yeah i wanted to do some research because i was like am i the only one who's feeling this way am i overreacting i know that i always am looking for jewish stereotypes i love it yeah so i was like am i overreacting what's going on so i i did look it up Mm -hmm. anti-semitism in ella enchanted i looked up a ton of stuff i didn't find a whole lot about people critiquing the movie and saying it was anti-semitic however i did find an article that they where they were describing the plot of the movie mm-hmm. and they said Ella is in the forest she meets Prince Char and they all go off on the journey together Prince Char Ella and her Jewish elf friends is what it says You're in kidding. the article and i was like they never say that they're Jewish in the movie this person, See, they're saying that all the elves were Jewish. Right. This person just Whoa. assumed that from watching the movie. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy. I think there is definitely a strong correlation between goblin elf type characters and also Jews. Multiple authors, filmmakers have been criticized for this in the past. Even going back to Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, two years before he died, he was on a BBC radio show and he was being interviewed mm-hmm. about the Lord of the Rings. Right. And they were asking him about the Semitic nature of the elves in the movie because they were lusting after jewels and all these very stereotypically Jewish things. And what J.R.R. Tolkien said was, the dwarves, of course, are quite obviously, wouldn't you say that in many ways they remind you of Jews? Their words are Semitic, obviously, constructed to be Semitic. The hobbits are just rustic English people. Wow. So, and then, of course, we have J.K. Rowling, who was accused of making the goblins who run the bank. They oh. were um, very semitically characterized in the books and also in the film. They're, like, greedy for money. There's this history with J.R.R. Tolkien and other authors and filmmakers correlating Jews with elves and goblins and other money, power-hungry others in the fairy tale world. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw this elf basically the only elf in the movie really i mean there's other right, elves that don't have any roles and he's like anxious and he wants to be a lawyer and he's just very jewish and i was like this isn't sitting right with me guys interesting i love that you um you see that and you feel that 
because I don't. You know, I don't pick that up at all, and that makes me feel stupid. <laughs> it does. It's not stupid. I just felt like in this movie where they were trying so hard to be progressive, they fell into a classic trope mm-hmm. that a lot of people fall into the same mm-hmm. trap. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, even though they were trying so hard to be not to not do that and not stereotype people and have different races of people in the movie in leading roles, they still made the Jewish character like so weird. Yeah, huge bummer. I I didn't know. I didn't. I don't have any of that connection. So I wonder why they allowed that. Did they not see that? They probably didn't see it. Isn't that amazing? Folks, do you love movies? Well, if the answer to that question is yes, then Super Yaki is the site for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. In February, Super Yaki's collection is celebrating the Fast and Furious franchise and Florence Pugh's cooking videos. And then in March, they'll be highlighting perennial favorite Mads Mikkelsen and more. From bumper stickers to t-shirts to baseball caps, Super Yaki is dedicated to providing eco-friendly, fun movie merchandise. Visit superyaki.com to shop now and learn more. And use the offer code SUPERMOVIES to save 10% on your next purchase. I thought that they did a good job tying in like classic medieval fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And then also... Sure. Modern references, like there was a Botox joke about how a dermatologist or a right. plastic surgeon, right, 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 and it's called bat ox, and it's like oxen blood, and right, 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 that right. makes her face, her face crazy, Botox. yeah, yeah. And then they also had an OJ reference. They were like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. But it was about the crown or something like that. They yeah. also had that reference. Well, it really made it tied it, it tied it into a very specific time in history too, oh, yeah, when all that stuff was go, was going on, especially right. the was, OJ. Yeah, right, right, right. It was very of its time. I yeah. think even going back to like how they thought that they were being progressive. Yeah, just was a very much a product of its time. Yeah, it was so on the nose when she, I guess they were sitting there. It was the elf and um and Ella, and she was like, "Well, why can't I want to be a lawyer? Well, why don't you be a lawyer? Because I'm an elf." You know, and I'm just like, oh, oh dear, that's just show us, don't tell us. You know, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, yeah, you know I, the famous filmmaking advice: tell, don't show. This thing was just telling out its ass. It was just telling, telling, telling. <laughs> but I can see if you were four years old and watching it. But didn't you find, think it was kind of delightful? I did, in a way, in a way. Okay, but let me step back for a moment because I, I was like, do I really know Minna? That's how deep I went. Okay. All right, because here, I'm just going to talk about Minna for a second here, because, and you can hold your ears if you want, Minna, but Minna is like a genius, for real, and she's very progressive in her thoughts. She's got a very steady moral compass, and she's very, like, as far as, like, male-female politics, you're very on point. So when I saw that you were, like, loving this, like, oh, it's a little cute boy and a girl, and they meet, and they... And it's all so obvious. I thought, what? How, how could you? This is like a little like princess and prince, you know, save the day. Listen, I'm just a woman. <laughs> you are just a woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's stupid and it makes no sense. And it's like very offensive to everyone, including me. But also. It's fun. It's so charming. It's so it fun. Is. Like it's got some silly, goofy stuff going on in yeah. it. No, it is. It was it's delightful. It's a good time. 
fun. Yeah, it's super delightful. I just, even though I criticize it, I've got some really tough things to say about how bad of a job they did showing some things. I also thought it would be rough. Maybe they did a great job of showing things in 2004. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, yeah. I think at the time, it was like, they were hey, doing a great job. Yeah. I mean, it didn't make any money, but... <laughs> well, I wonder why it didn't. Okay, so I was reading reviews on it also, and they were like, you know, not Roger Eber. I think he was mm. dead by then. No, did no, he, no, Did no. he review it? Okay, well, that's something that I wanted to talk about, Oh, actually. do it. Let's see. What's say. going on with Roger Eber reviews? Because in the last episode... I read a review from Roger Ebert of Harold and Maude where he flamed it and was yeah, like, this he did. movie sucks. He, then he writes a review of Ella Enchanted and he's like, three and a half stars out of four. This movie is beautiful and yeah. so sweet and fantastic and I love it. And maybe I'm in love with Anne Hathaway because she's so good in this movie. And I'm yeah. like, you're all over the place, man. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by because I'm usually, yeah, dead on, you know, with Ebert. But no, no, this was, yeah, he didn't like Harold and Maude at all. No. But loved Ellen Chanted. But loved Ellen Chanted. Everyone loved Ellen Chanted. They were all like, this is a great family movie. It's the best movie of the year. That's why when you say it made $26 million, I was surprised. Why do you think no one wants to go see it? I don't know. I mean, it has literally every joyful moment you could have. Like, what wouldn't, what would make you not go see it? Do you know what I mean? Was it, was it buried? Was something else being released? Was it, I don't know. Well, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> But that doesn't have the same no. audience. Like, the people who are going to go see Napoleon Diamond are also not going to go see Ella Enchanted. Right. Um, and the word of mouth on Ella Enchanted has to be good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to look up to see what else came out. Family movies in 2004. Yeah. Uh, Shark Tales. The SpongeBob. <laughs> the first SpongeBob movie came out in 2004. I did Barbie, like Princess and the Popper, which I also was obsessed with. And that was when I was four years old. That movie was awesome. <gasps> Oh. Uh, Scooby Doo too. Really, awesome Monsters movies. Unleashed. No, that oh. movie is also awesome. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> the Fat Albert movie. Ooh, series of unfortunate events. Polar Express. Garfield the movie. The Incredibles. Okay, so I guess there were Lion King one and a half. Shrek two. Now Shrek two and Ellen Enchanted definitely have the same audience. Yeah. So Wait, these are the movies was, that came out in 2004? They're all, like, fantastical or, no, or I animated. No, I looked up um, family movies. Like, Got it. Like, what was Ellen Enchanted competing against? Got it, okay. And these were the Mulan 2, Princess... Oh, Princess Diaries 2 also came out in 2004. Wow. So, Anne Hathaway, a big year for her. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking at these movies, and I guess it was... I mean, there were a lot of big movies that came out in 2004 that probably just bear... I mean, Shrek 2, Mulan 2, Princess Diaries 2 all these sequels mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. family movies that had come out mm -hmm. just a few years before that were such big boxes. So there's a hits. terrible, a and lot of big pre-awareness. But also the book, you know, that's pre-awareness yeah. with that book. And like, it seemed that the people who were in it were just in it because they really loved it and believed in it. Yeah. So maybe they were just like, this movie's not going to make any money, but we love it. So we should just I, I do it. I wonder why, because it works for what they made it. It works, at least then, you know. Yeah. Very odd. I guess my only guess would be, like I said, that just too many sequels came out that year. Could be. And no one wanted to go see Ella Enchanted, especially since Anne Hathaway was starring in another princess movie. What was the first princess movie she did? Princess? Princess Diaries. Okay. That was first. Princess Diaries, right. And then Princess right. Diaries 2, which right. had Chris Pine in it. So like, why Who's are you going to go see Ella Enchanted when you could go see... Chris Pine is so cute, isn't <laughs> he? When you could go see so Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine. 
Chris Pine. I said a few dancy. Exactly. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> The people who were in it were, were doing a really great job. Like, I didn't think that any of the actors were bad. And the snake. What about and our the snake? snake? We forgot Heston. about that. Yeah. That was pretty good CGI for 2004. I agree with I you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, whoa, where was this technology in Polar Express, which came out the same year? Yeah, yeah, not, <laughs> not quite as good. Uh, yeah, that snake was pretty amazing. So good. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a great addition. I, I just think that like for all of my critiques that I have on the messaging of the movie, they were doing a lot of things well, like the CGI. I mean, even as silly as I thought it was, okay, when they're crowning Prince Shar the king and the crown has this green smoke coming out of it. Yeah. It looked real, but I was also like, does no one in the audience like have any questions about why the crown <laughs> is smoking smoking? green stuff? <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Hey, what happened to that snake at the end? Oh, well, no one dies, even though, like, the evil uncle puts the crown on his head. Yeah. Which was supposed to have killed Prince Char, but the uncle does it, and it doesn't kill him, he's fine. And then um, the snake tries to kill Prince Char, and so then the Char fan club attacks the snake. Right. So he's also all bandaged up. Right, right, um, right. (laughs) At the wedding. You know at every wedding when you sing Don't Go Breaking My Heart and you like rip off the bottom of your wedding dress to reveal like Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And great legs. Like, look at those gams. She's dancing. And, like, go, I love go-go it. Go-go boots and like yeah. a fringe skirt and you like great. sing Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah. That's my favorite part of every wedding. Yeah. It really should be in every wedding. <laughs> that tear away. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what my overall thoughts are on this movie. I guess just I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it also was really terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I was a reviewer in 2004, mm-hmm. I would have been like, whoa. Yeah, good try. Good going. Good. Go- I think Roger Ebert's review, knowing that he, as tough of a critic as he is, mm-hmm. flamed Harold and Maude. But Ellen Chanted, he loved. Why? I think because if you take like movie criticism, you know, that career, if you think like, all right, well, the movie critic has to go into a movie and say, what is this mess? What is the message of this movie? What are they trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And if they do a good job, then it gets a positive review, right? You can't go into a movie and be like, all right, Ella Enchanted, is it as good as The Godmother 3? Because then it's never gonna, you know, so you have to be like, all right, what is this movie trying to tell me? Within its genre. Yeah. Within its genre. And does it does it achieve that goal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that if I was a movie critic at the time, I'd be like, yeah, this movie it's did refreshing everything and, mm-hmm. that it was trying to do, and it was very refreshing, because if you compare it to, I don't know, what other movies were they watching? Princess Barbie, Princess and the Popper of that year also, or Princess Diaries 2, uh-huh. you're like, this movie is really progressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they're touching on things that no other kids movie you're right. is, is talking about. You're right, you're right. I, I, you're right. Yeah. As terrible as a job as I think they did talking about those issues. I mean, they barely touched on anything enough to like actually have a conversation about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, there's racism in the town. Whatever. Let's move on to the other issues that Ella is solving by herself. Yeah. And so there were ogres, there were giants, there were elves. All of them enslaved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep them enslaved. Uh, and so, so Ella was able to save the prince, and then he was able to free the people of the land. 
Yeah, that prince was such an idiot. I was like, what does Ellis see in him? Who, who, Hugh Dance? Sure, think? yeah, he's like, what? There's slavery, but when my dad was the king, we loved the giants. And I'm like, dude, what have you been doing the past, like, 20 years? <laughs> Not getting the prince! No, 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 no. Yeah, mm-hmm. He was asleep at the wheel. Yeah. But he was well cast in the sense that for young girls that are watching, he's not too, like, masculine to, like, no, be intimidating. He's, but he's, he's very feminine. Again, yeah. I, 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 I saw the influence of The Princess Bride, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's a, just, like, a very soft yeah. kind of feminine guy yeah. and a strong female lead who kind of, like, does all the legwork <laughs> for the guy. Even though I'd say in Princess Bride... They are kind of more even, mm-hmm. evenly matched than in Ella Enchanted. I think that movie did a better job being like, they're both strong people mm-hmm. who deserve to be together. Whereas in this movie, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, cool. Another story of like a dude who gets all the credit and a woman behind him doing yeah. all the work. Yeah, that's what I was like, oh, nuts. That's no good. We got to do better. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good try. I, I, I don't think that this movie is a classic. I don't think it's timeless. Although, I guess I would have to quantify what I mean by a classic. Okay. I don't think on my list of classic movies, I would be like, you know, one Annie Hall, two (laughs) Ellen Enchanted. I wouldn't put that on like 100 movies that you need to see of all time. Mm -hmm. However, if I was focusing solely on princess movies or fairy tale movies, I would say that this is a classic. Because it tried to do something different than the rest of the movies. And I think you can see an influence of this movie on, you know, there's kind of like this genre, air quotes, of movies like uh, when the new Cinderella movie came out, everyone was calling it Girl Boss Cinderella. (laughs) You know, like the main character is a woman and she like girl bosses her way into success by the end of the movie. And I think that like you can see a very direct correlation between Girl Boss Cinderella and Mm Ella Enchanted because she's doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. kind of like, I'm a woman and I don't need a man and Mm -hmm. I can have a career on my own, but I'm still going to fall in love with the man and let him take all the credit for all the work that I did. Yeah, and just be happy. And just be happy. So, you know, I have a question about the classic of this, uh, again, genre. Like, um, I don't know how you measure it. This is just my shortcomings. I don't know how you measure it because it's we've seen the story so many times. You know, how do you... Uh, is it the best one of that story we see so many times? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to measure it. Well, that's why I think... It was original in many ways. Yeah. You know, Um I mean, that's why I think it's interesting. It's because it is so original. It is so different. It did try to break away from the tropes of the time. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm, oh, well, mm -hmm. the woman only serves the man. Mm -hmm. In this movie, she doesn't. She does serve the man, but she also has got a whole other thing going on Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. um, where she's trying to figure out who she is and how she can be the best version of Which is really the heartbeat of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't think it's one of the classic films of all time. I don't think if somebody was like, what movie should I watch from 2004? I wouldn't oh, be like, you've got to see Ella and <laughs> This movie was like, all right, we have kind of this outline of a classic medieval Cinderella Snow White type movie. How can we make it modern in a way that teaches kids something about the time that we live in? Mm-hmm. And I think that it was very successful in doing that in 2004, but I think if this movie was made today, we would all be like, 
are you guys okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the references they make, as you had said before, about OJ or about, uh, you know, if it fits... um, it, it it makes it, it it makes it not timeless. It it anchors right. it in a period of time where you go like, oh yeah, I remember those days. So that's as fun as that was to watch. It also makes it uh, kind of grounded in that period. Mm-hmm. I think to see what this movie was trying to do, you have to remember two thousand and four. So I'm almost glad that they put those references in mm-hmm. it because when I watched it from a an adult perspective, I was like, oh, this is terrible. And also, someone who's living in twenty twenty two. Not in 2004. I was like, this failed on all counts. But if I was in 2004, I'd be like, whoa. I understand why at the time people were raving about it and saying, wow, this is such a good movie and we should, it's the best family movie of the year. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Half of the movie is trash and the other half is very thought provoking and excellent. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, when you say, is it a good movie or not, it really touched you. Mm-hmm. So it's a good movie for you. I guess so. Do you know what I mean? Criticize it. I oh say yes. I it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're allowed to criticize a movie you love. Yeah, I, I don't think that this movie holds up. I don't think it would stand the test of time. But I do think it's interesting to look back and almost as a time capsule. I agree. What progressive people were trying to do. Super right. For super think, cool. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look back on and be like, oh, these are the things that people were trying to do back then. Yeah. Be they successful or not, these were the conversations that were happening back then, and these are the issues that people felt needed to be addressed. Well, it's so back it's so the early two thousands. Yeah, because in the studio system, the people that are making the movies, they, we were still dealing with like, well, can we have a woman lead? in an action movie can we have uh it was uh so antiquated the thoughts so when i think of what it was like you know being in the studio system in 2004 and then seeing this movie yeah you're right they gave it a good go Mm -hmm. they did they really brought in a different group of people they really i think they were successful with that yeah, I think so too. I I feel sorry that they didn't make their money back. I feel they like they may have eventually, too. you know. Yeah, true. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the movies that made her, but not me. Join us next episode when Lauren and Minna boogie all night at the discotheque and discuss the 1977 classic Saturday Night Fever. Thank you to our sponsor, FilmCred, an online film publication publishing insightful film and television reviews, interviews, video essays, and coverage of film festivals. Thank you also to Antonio Ortiz for composing our theme and all other music on this podcast. And lastly, thank you to you, listeners. We've started a podcast email for listeners to email us and provide feedback, comments, questions, and anything else you want us to know. Email us at moviesmadeher at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us at moviesmadeher on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on episode releases, the movies we'll be covering, and all things podcast-related.